Hello and welcome to MikeyPod, podcast episode 345 for August 2nd, 2022. Today's guest is author, actor, and certified small potato, Anne Holiday. We'll be talking about her new book, Creative Not Famous, The Small Potato Manifesto, which has landed in my orbit at precisely the right time. I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversation with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 17 years now. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or you can just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, you can stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com, hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron, or email me at MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I have to say, um, I'm back. <laughs> like I've got through, I've been talking about a funk. I've been talking about it a little bit more in depth on Patreon. Um, but I'm feeling motivated and excited about doing stuff. One of the things that I think happened, well, two things. Ah, I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, I got a new therapist, <laughs> which is really helping. And there's also like my website, uh, it was kind of stuck, as you have heard on the podcast. If you've been listening for a while, I've been having some challenges and then challenges getting it back up and running. And for various reasons, it was sort of stuck. And I just unstuck it and things are kind of moving. I'm like, oh, yeah, I make stuff. I like sharing things. Oh, oh, yeah, that podcast. So anyway, <laughs> I'm feeling good for the first time in quite a while, like good creatively. Um, And today's episode with uh, Anne Holiday is actually a really perfect timing for this conversation. That's really all I have for my check-in for this episode. So um, I want to get into the interview, but not without first thanking my subscribers on Patreon for powering this podcast. These are folks who subscribe for $5 or more and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines, bonus podcasts. They're about 80, maybe 85-ish by now. Um, Bonus podcasts that you get immediate access to when you subscribe, including this week's bonus episode, which features an extended conversation with today's guest, Anne Holiday. One more thing before we get into the interview. I've got a track to play for you. This is called Radium Girls, and it's from the band the duo, I guess I should say, Charming Disaster. And after this track, we will hear from Anne Holiday. Moisten the brush with the tip of your tongue A delicate touch for the lines that you're painting Second hand sweeps round the face of the clock You number the hours and they glow in the dark It's a
on the podcast is Anne Halliday, who is the author of a lot of things, including a new book called Creative Not Famous, The Small Potato Manifesto, which I'm looking at right now. Um, and uh, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I feel like this is going to be a challenge for me because this is such a like a vibrant topic for me. <laughs> like it's, it's really, it has a lot of weight for me. And I'm like, I'm already like, okay, don't go into therapy. Anne is not your therapist. <laughs> no, I'm not a mental health professional. That becomes very clear as I'm working on a like guidebook, a, a guided journal to be a companion for this. And I'm like making up exercises and I'm like, mm, well, let me uh, just imagine that I'm this person doing this exercise. Like, I'm already on board with that book, though. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> I sold well, one then. Good. Yay. <laughs> well, maybe can you give like a brief uh, intro about what the book is, just so uh, people who are listening know what we're talking about? Sure. Um, so it's called Creative Not Famous, The Small Potato Manifesto. And it is predicated on the theory that probably 99.9% of all creative people in the arts throughout history have not been rich, have not been famous. Um, if you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, you're also going to see a lot of art by Big Bananas in their time who nobody knows their names now unless they're an art history professional special 
in that area. So I just started thinking, you know, I'm in my 50s. I'm still doing it. I've got a lot of friends in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. They're still doing it. Why? Why do we do it? What do we do when we get bummed out? How do we support each other a little bit better as the audience members or readers or listeners? And then I realized, like, wow, I don't think I can speak for everyone. So I started putting out the net and wound up with, I think it's 38 other um, people working across a different span of the arts who responded. So there's a lot of conflicting advice. There's a wide range of experience and perspective. And not everybody in the book wants to be labeled as a small potato. You know, they've still got big ambitions where they say like, well, I'm pretty big. It's just that my uh, genre in which I create has very limited appeal. So I'm uh, a big duck in a field of small potatoes. Well, I think that's like a big challenge with the topic of this book. And, you know, like the kind of the challenge I was mentioning when we started talking about it is that I think part of what has happened in my like creative world right now is be like, you're a small potato, like, and that's okay. Like, it's still worth making stuff, you know? Like, Absolutely. And there's, there's a lot of freedom that comes with it, I think, when you decide, like, I'm not going to keep, you know, chasing this rainbow that is very unlikely to have any kind of pot of gold anywhere along its arc for me. You know, you can make what you want then. Um, I'm somebody who... You know, I'm able to move through the world pretty well. I'm an extrovert, so I'm able to talk to people. Um, but I have a few quirks and rough, weird edges. And that's what I like best about myself as expressed in my arts. I don't want those edges sanded down. I don't want my leg hairs shaved off, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that was, you mentioned it. I was watching um, a a re a replay of I think something that was live streamed maybe yesterday with Microcosm Publishers that oh was yeah it? and I think you mentioned that right like there was a a talent agent maybe that um was oh yeah so this was uh, right after college when I graduated from theater school and um, I was living with a guy who'd gone to the same school who was a year older than I was and he was already set up with an agent and she would call to tell him that he had an audition and I would always be the person who picked up the phone and so she would greet me and we'd have a little chat and finally she said you know and I could probably get you some young mommy auditions if you would cut your long hair and shave your legs and lose about 20 pounds and it was like wait a minute what I went to theater school because I loved Chekhov and Shakespeare and doing all of that and she's gonna maybe send me out on young mommy auditions if only I completely alter my appearance and you know without she didn't even have to say like you can't wear your hippie thrift store clothes on these <laughs> auditions <laughs> so it just always sort of felt like a dislocating experience and I, you know, I freely admit it. it's the people who are willing to play that game and pursue it vigorously. They deserve to get the young mommy, high paying commercial <laughs> jobs. You yeah. Know? They're putting in the work in a way I never wanted to. Yeah. It's I like, to play. <laughs> it's like there was a moment maybe a year ago that I was in my, uh, my boyfriend's kitchen. I've been doing this podcast forever, like since 2005 or 2006. And, um, 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to really try to push to like do social media stuff and get people engaged. And I'd done this episode that was like the quintessential episode that feels like the vibe of what I want to do. I was interviewing an independent publisher slash coffee shop owner who like made an effort to like make space for people who were, you know, just starting out and also people of color. And he was aware of his privilege as a straight white man and trying to make, you know, like, and then I got bands from his orbit to play their music on this back. So I was like, oh, this is like, I really like feel like I captured this community and I was really excited to share it. And I did like a, a Instagram story with a question, which I will never do again. That's like, have you listened to my podcast yet? Everyone just clicked no and moved on. And I was just like, and I was in my boyfriend's kitchen, like, I don't even know why I do this. And he's like, well, then stop doing it. And I was like, well, I don't want to stop doing it. And then like, it's that place, like that, that place of like, oh, I like doing this thing and I have to find a way to, to let it be valid for just being what it is and not whether, like, regardless of whether someone listens to it. Right. Well, and I mean, I'm of a, part of the impetus to do the book for me was, you know, running an off off Broadway theater. Um, and like, it just felt so like if you're ever wondering if the actors can see you from the stage in a little black box theater, the answer is yes. <laughs> and like, I remember looking out into the audience sometimes and seeing like, oh, here's this man who I just know sort of through off off Broadway world. And he he made the effort. He came, he showed he showed up. And then there are other people who are like I consider really close friends who never show up and they have had so many, so many opportunities. So it, that realization made me start going to a lot more work. And it's like, you come to my thing, I'll go to your thing. You know, if you put out a good word about my thing, I'll put out a good word about your thing. And, you know, so at some point, you know, it's like, well, are we just shouting into an echo chamber there? But I think it creates a good community and, and a good vibe. Like, you know, people who are, have achieved a very high level of renown, have this whole support network of people that they don't even know, you know, who are writers and agents and, you know, they just, they don't have as much trouble getting the word out. People will come see them, hear them, buy their records, mm -hmm. buy their books, all that. So I think it's a little bit on us to support each other, which you're doing an excellent job of. Thank you. And yeah, and you are as well. Like there are so Thanks. many creative people mentioned in this book, like like so many different people that you're quoting. And I love the fact that you kind of acknowledged that there's conflicting advice within the book, which like as I was reading it, there were moments that I, and I didn't really realize I was doing it until you mentioned that there were several quotes I'd start reading and be like, oh, this one, this one's not for me. I'm going to the next one. And that's kind of that. How yeah, that's what I was hoping. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, and anytime I this is only the second kind of anthology type of thing that I have been in charge of editing and you know getting everybody's opinions and trying to shoehorn everybody's everybody's voice in there. It, it's just a logistical nightmare, but the rewards are I love thinking about which reader is going to connect to which contributor like i i just think of what some reader going like wow that's the contributor for me and like skipping ahead and looking for that person's name yeah 
It's um, it's a, it's really cool, and it's kind of like in a way, because there's conflicting information. I think from my own like artist perspective of trying to like, you know, be a small potato. Like I love that I can fall back on this phrase. I'm a small potato now. Like, <laughs> and it's it's an action. You know, like, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate. You know, I appreciate there being space for it, and the book feels like working that process out. Like some of the some of the conflicting information or not confl- conflicting opinions about, you know, this whole topic in a lot of ways I can also like sort of acknowledge and connect with like, Oh, I did feel like that at one point or, Oh, actually maybe I should try to think a little bit more like this. You know, it helps me kind of like <laughs> all small potatoes are not created equal. Like everyone has their own way of dealing and yeah. and finding joy, which is what I think I love so much about what you're doing, is finding joy in just the act of creating things to create them. Yeah, thank you. Well, and what you say about like that moment when you were like, I'm going to do a social media story and then it's just going to take off. Yeah. I find that if I spend too much time on that with that as my goal, I just feel all scrambled up like I've got a bunch of spoons and broken glass and little shrapnel things and rocks rattling around in my head. You know, it's like this jangly, awful feeling. I'm much happier when I'm working on my zine or drawing or writing or, you know, thrift store shopping, looking for costumes, anything, or supporting my friends' works too, discovering new work. On the idea of social media, that's been something like I'm in the middle of like, and it's funny, I'm like in the middle of like a creative rebirth or a creative like, eh, fuck it, I'll just be a teacher now. You know, Uh. like somewhere in between there. And I'm already a teacher and I already like it's the thing that I do that funds everything else. Um, But there's a there's a pianist named Sugar Vendel. She's all, I think she's a big potato in a small potato world. Uh. Um, You like she, yeah. But um. She uh, made a post recently, like a blog post, about how she's letting go of social media, regardless of the fact that it is the only place where she's able to promote her work. And in a lot of ways, I'm like, that's actually really cool. Like, it seems like it would be a relief. I think so. I mean, for me, it's like I I love the aspect of knowing whose birthday it is and Uh seeing like who's going, you know. You hit, the, you hit a certain age and it's like, well, here's, you know, the 45th person this month that have announced that they have cancer or something and you want to be there for that person. Yeah. And like, it's a very easy way to join together as a community and just, you know, brighten somebody's day or celebrate their triumphs with them. And for me, yes, it is. It has been a very important avenue for getting the word out so I can't drop it. But um, I think I just need to remember it's not all about buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. And I get really turned off when I see others doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's such a loaded thing. And for some reason right now, like accepting small potatoehood is like, feels like it's my solution to a lot of those things. Cause like you, I like being connected to people, but like, you know, releasing a podcast just as an example, really felt daunting not because of doing the podcast but like oh then i gotta do like an instagram story and then i need to figure out how to get on twitter and like da 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 and then when instead it could be like oh this one i kind of like this this is especially good let me send it to my email list and call it a day and you know not like make a big production out of every single thing and yeah like yeah 
because it's hard not to like emotionally attach the outcome of even the social media posts. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's a whole industry of like SEO optimization and what hashtags to use and what time to post. It's just like, it isn't brain surgery, but it sort of is. It's like, yeah. I didn't go to school for that. And I'm not particularly interested in learning how to do that. I'm also not particularly interested in like learning how to do taxes in a professional <laughs> sense or something. Yeah. So. But I you know, I think the way that you handled the social media for this that I've seen just on Facebook, because that's how I learned about the book. I think you posted maybe a picture of having received the books and I hadn't even heard about it yet. And I was like, wait. And then, you know, some like it, the idea of the book really connected with me. And of course it's your stuff. And I um, subscribe, although I think I need to renew my subscription to the zine. Um, yes, please do. Is, um, uh, like something about it grabbed me. It was like, oh shit, I gotta like jump on this immediately before it falls into the abyss of social media and I forget about it. Um, but because you're not someone that like over posts about like support this, support that, um, it really, I think that added to the energy of me thinking like, oh, I might not see another post about this. Ooh. I have to like stay on top of it. So anyway. Thank you. So there's something to be said, I guess, for not like subscribing to this whole idea of like, okay, here comes my book. I need to post about it every single day at 9 a.m. because that's when like, the you know what I mean? Like, and just yeah, being more organic I about it all. Yeah, I mean, it's in an early version of the book, it opened with me saying, don't buy this book if you're in your 20s, early 20s. No, this is a terrible graduation present for anyone who's graduated <laughs> from theater school or art school or something. Because I think, uh, you know, most younger people, much younger, like just starting out, just leaving their family homes and trying themselves as an adult artist and finding their way that way, you know, it has to leave the possibility that they might stumble into something really big. And I'm sure they've all got lots of talent and lots of creative vision to share. And a few of them, luck will, luck will descend. It'll be the right moment, the right time, and they will blow up. Um, I have a friend who I think he just turned 30 and he is the king of medieval TikTok right now. And I could not be happier for him. The greedy peasant on TikTok is someone really, really, really worth looking at. But for the rest of us who are a little older and hopefully have been building our community, and the way you do that is by being interested in people's lives and being interested in their art and not just expecting them to support you, but you're going to support them. And you will help get the word out. I think there's a lot of goodwill. So like I'm 57 now and it's been really great to see people that have been reading my zine, some of whose names I recognize, some of them I don't. And they're posting pictures of themselves with the book. And a lot of it is just to tell me, I got it. You know, your package that you mailed out hit, hit its bark. Here's me. Here's my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And yeah. I realize that is because there has been a personal connection that has been slowly, slowly building since I started the zine in 1998. Mm, I love, yeah, I love that. And the... Um, I, I do a zine for my patrons on Patreon, huh. and there's something really magical. It probably goes out like maybe twice a year, but like I handwrite the envelopes, and there's this like 
like, oh yeah, this person is still subscribed. Wait, who is this person? Like, they're like they're like a, just a handful of people that I, I don't know who they are. And like all of it is really just cool, just like doing that experience. And that's one of the things that I think your book kind of like guides me toward appreciating, like letting that be a beautiful thing, right? That like it's maybe like 60 people, which is like, that's great. Like if 60 people came and wanted to see me do a show, I'd be excited. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's important to remember that stuff in between the times. It's like, ah, nobody, nobody's like responding to this or, you know, why am I doing this? Um, right. Yeah. And in the, in their world, it's like, it's going to be a very short time between receiving the first installment of the zine for your Patreon. And then the second one, you know, they won't say like, wow, it's been seven months, you know, it, for them, it's going to be like, whoa, he's still doing it. Oh, my God, he does so much cool stuff. He has so much to say, you know, yeah, it's, it's only in our own lives that we notice all the things that are missing, or that, you know, this was a bummer, or I didn't do very much that day. Yeah, so, you know, people are looking at you from the other end of the telescope. <laughs> There's something you said about uh, this not being a great book for people in their 20s. And I can see why, but like, there's something like that's, I I think it would have been tough for me probably even in my 40s. (laughs) When I think back to a time I remember vividly sitting in the backseat of my dad's car, my parents were divorced, he picked us up for the weekend. And he was asking me like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you grow up? And I was like, well, I like playing the piano. I like being an actor, I'd listed all these things. And I remember him vividly be like, well, very few people make it doing that. You better have a, let, let that be your backup. Yeah. Which is like how I might've taken your book in the, in my 20s, be like, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not gonna be a small potato. But you're, but it's like, you're not saying you're gonna be, you're a small potato, so give it up. It's like, you're a small potato, but like, isn't that great? <laughs> you can yeah. do it. Like, Keep right, doing that's it. most of us. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I'm I'm hoping. I think a lot of the people that have gotten the book thus far are already feeling a lot of the feelings that get name checked in the book, so they feel seen, and that makes me feel wonderful. You know that it, it is like there's this sort of thing in our country of like either you're going to be Billy Eilish or not, you know, yeah. and it's like, actually, I mean, it's kind of, Billy Eilish is somebody who I actually think like, whoa, she really is a small potato. She was just this homeschooler playing away in her bedroom. And then suddenly it took off. I don't think she had these monster ambitions. Like it would be great if every small potato could have a taste of what she got. But you know, most of us, it's like your, your victories are going to be a little smaller scale, but they're still victories. Yeah. And, you know, you should claim them as such. Something that uh, Joe Beale, the publisher, uh, said on the People's Publishing podcast that you mentioned earlier was that how much he loves to see it on social media when somebody is celebrating a very, very, very small artistic achievement. You know, like, I just made my first mini-zine. It's six pages. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, yes, celebrate that. Yes, claim that. Share your joy and pleasure and pride. Yeah. That's great. That makes the world a better place. Like, that's something to be very proud of. Uh, so I should share my my Spotify emails I get every month that say you had five listeners to your music this week. You're gonna I have six next that. week because yes. I'm gonna go. <laughs> 
but that's the thing and like I was thinking of Billie Eilish. I love that you mentioned her because she does, even still, she feels like a small potato. Like she's a very famous small potato, but I really get a sense from her work that she's like, oh, let me do this thing now. Like, which is a, like a cool way to be an artist, right? Yeah, right. She is not some corporate idea of what a young woman her age should be or what is sexy or what is fresh. Like, yeah. She's just sort of, she swam upstream and kind of slithered around all the corners. And Yeah. Kind of... There's a thing, like, I'm kind of laughing because I just remembered a TikTok that she did. I read about it and then went and looked at it. Someone said something about her not being shit or something like that. And she did a TikTok of herself sitting on the toilet. I don't know if she was actually <laughs> taking a shit, but she's just flipping them off. And you see, like, the little clip of the tweet or whatever that said it. And there's just something really like those are the things lately that have grab been grabbing me that and like watching YouTube videos of, like people unpacking their groceries and talking about like, oh, I really got <laughs> like the, it's I think it's important for me. And your book is kind of like falling into this space for me, too, of like the things that I want to do. I, a lot of times I think with my creativity, I either feel I, I there with social media, especially there's this sort of the the norm right now seems to be like go viral like get all these followers do something like flashy really high produced but still made it home kind of stuff and i think some in, on some level i started feeling and i don't know if this is something that's familiar to you too that like oh i don't really have the energy to do that so maybe i'll just uh, i just don't do it then right yeah, it, it kind of can engender these sort of sad sack feelings that become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, you know, I think, that, and and certainly there are some people who really enjoy getting out there and beating the drum on their own behalf and like making little videos and can, without thinking about it, on their phones just go, and then they've got another story out there that's like, woo, everybody's seeing and it's fun. It's got the little animations. But there are plenty of other people who are just like, that's a hassle to me. I don't like doing it, but I'll do it because I have to do it. Yeah. And the news is you don't have to do it. You can figure out other ways to promote yourself or you know, not promote yourself. A better way to say it is to get your art out to a place where it can be seen and enjoyed by others, by strangers. Um, so there's lots of ways to do that. I mean, I think it's, I, I take pride in how I craft the language of any MailChimp I put out or any post that is related to the book or the zine or some show that we're doing. Like, you know, I like this kind of old timey PT Barnum carnival barker type thing. I think it's funny. Not everybody does. I'm sure there are every media expert would say those are too long. Those posts are too long. <laughs> making, but I think it's funny. I like to do it that way. And that has attracted people who also think it's funny. Yeah. You know? And well, it's not millions of people, but it's enough. <laughs> it's enough people. But, you know, like, I'm trying to put how I want to phrase this because it might sound like, <laughs> like rude, but oh, the whole yeah. outcome isn't. <laughs> Some of some things like I appreciate the existence of your work more than I'll read every word. Like this, you, I get your zines, and I don't always read them, but I love That's like okay. having it in my hand. Like, wow, she made the, like this was a process, you know. Like, and and I think that 
what am I trying to say? Like, that's empowering to me as an artist to be like, oh, yeah, like, people don't have to appreciate every aspect of what I do. And they don't have to appreciate any of it. Like, that's the thing that I'm really getting and is feeling very empowering for me about your book and, you know, this oh, type of conversation. You. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem rude. I can see how it could have been. <laughs> it's like, I'm the same way. I have lots of zines and comics and stuff that I will probably never read. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's a big stack of them on the bedroom windowsill. And then sometimes I move them off and I'll donate them somewhere or pass them off or put them in a little library or, you know, eventually they will find a new home. Uh, and I agree. It is like, wow, this person did this thing. This, you know, they spent their time doing this. They, if they keep doing it, they're going to have a whole stack of them. And to them, their work's going to matter a lot. But I also, I don't remember every word that I write either. For me, sometimes I go back and look at the old ones and I'm like, whoa, I don't remember any of this. I'm uh, loving reading this. So, you know, that's what I like also about what would you call them? The tangible arts, <laughs> you know, things yeah. where there's evidence. You can go back and enjoy it later, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to happen now. And that's actually one reason that I've been thinking a lot about how much money and time and labor and emotional investment you can pour into live performance. And then it's just gone. Your friends weren't available that weekend to come see it. So that makes me more interested in if I'm going to acquire a skill, maybe make it more like filmmaking and how do you actually make something sound and look good and light it and all and, you know, make a little thing that would be like a little short film. Yeah, there's a lot like doing live performance as a small potato is challenging. Like there, I've, I don't have to tell you, I know. But, you know, like there was always a point when I was doing my solo shows that I would be like, going crazy like oh my god the thing is in two weeks i'm like is are people gonna come i have to stay on top of that do i know what i'm gonna be saying on stage i gotta get on top of that like so many aspects and it's like and now i have to beg people to come to this too like why yeah. am i doing this like yeah that's when the pandemic hit and we were three performances into a new show that, you know, Greg had written it, my husband had written it, I had a really good part in it. We had just beaten our heads against the wall. And we had a wonderful opening night, and then two nights later, it closed along with every other show in New York. And people kept saying to me, oh, I bet, I bet you can't wait to get back in the theater. And I was like, actually, no, I can't wait to get to a Korean bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying the break from having to just be out begging as you say to get people to come you know it was like we worked so hard and like oh my gosh you're just pulling and pulling and pulling and nobody's responding or not enough people to break even yeah so it, and it, then, it's been clarifying to have two years off from that I think yeah it'll be interesting to see what where your path leads you because I don't know maybe I don't know. It'll be just interesting yeah. to see. And yeah. I mean, I always have five million ideas of what I want to do. And like, I'll just take that class or I'll buy that little tool and learn how to use it. Or I'd like to do that. I, you know, I can do a podcast too. And it's like, well, you know, how many more years are you planning on living? Why don't you choose a few? Yeah. <laughs> Let somebody else have the others. <laughs> One thing I liked in the book was uh, uh, having the having the thought of like, oh, I have so many ideas for projects and they're good, but I haven't done them all. There are a lot of abandoned projects. Why don't I just lay a couple of these on the readers and say, you want this? You can have it. 
do it. Uh, this is a good idea. And then I was like, let me ask the contributors. So the final chapter is everybody just saying, here's an idea that I had that I've never gotten around to doing it. Why don't you take it and see what you can do with it? Oh, that's cool. I wonder what that, uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if those little seeds take life. It'd yeah. be cool if they did and they came back to you to let you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Like, and maybe it's by somebody practicing a deeply different art. Like yeah. a song. <laughs> Just putting it out there like a song. That would be a good idea for like, yeah. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Uh, skip so, ahead to the end. Yeah. Um, so we should wrap up this conversation. <laughs> I forgot to we clarify before whether you'd be willing to do a little mini like five, ten minute thing for my patrons. Yeah, you sure. That? Okay. Of course. So if you're, well, now everyone knows it will be doing a special <laughs> bonus <laughs> episode. Like, let me withhold my patronage. <laughs> this is going to continue. <laughs> but um, we should talk about where people can find a copy of the book, Creative Not Famous, The Small Potato Manifesto. It will be available everywhere, including Amazon and all the biggie online retailers on May 10th. But prior to that, People can order it um, from the publisher, Microcosm Publishing, and they will ship you a copy of it right out. Or it can be ordered in my Etsy shop, which is my name. And I have learned how to use my name in military speak. That's A as in Alpha, Y as in Yankee, U as in Uniform, N as in November, H-A-L-L-I-D-A-Y dot com. <laughs> um, and then the publisher also has a few uh, independent distributors that they work with rather than Ingram, which is the big book distributor. So if you have a indie bookstore that you like to support and like to visit, and they are willing to go through one of Microcosm's preferred independent distributors, you can get your copy from an independent bookseller right away. Mm. And there's information about that on Microcosm's website on their FAQ. Um, I love it. And I don't know if I just got lucky, but I ordered from Microcosm and they included a lot of like free other stuff too. Like, yeah, that's some, true. The, you've got a lot of good and, swag. Yeah. Including, yeah. I think they have a catalog right now that really uh, explains as sort of a comic how book production happens and the timing of it and who all is involved. So you never know yeah. what you're going to get from them, but definitely a cool sticker. Yeah. And now I have like another potential guest for the show. I feel like I need to reach out to them and bring them on the show. Yeah. Ooh, great. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Somebody like sees so many ideas. Coming out. <laughs> it's all one step closer to world domination. I love it. The whole plan the whole time was to become the biggest of the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to be like Yodel the Turtle. It's going to be great. Uh, it was so good to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining me. It was great to me. talk to you too. Thanks for having me. And so we come to the end of another episode of Mikey Pod. Thank you so much, Anne Holiday, for joining me on the show today. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And patrons, be sure you check out uh, Patreon probably around Wednesday uh, for the bonus podcast episode. And if you're not yet a patron... Why not join us? Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.